Coming up on 5-Minute News. Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter calls for action over words. Black boxes retrieved from Nepal plane crash site. And John Kerry supports UAE oil chief overseeing COP28. It's Tuesday, January 17. I'm Anthony Davis. The United States has honored Martin Luther King Jr. with a federal holiday for nearly four decades, yet still hasn't fully embraced and acted on the lessons from the slain civil rights leader, his youngest daughter said yesterday. The Reverend Bernice King, who leads the King Center in Atlanta, said leaders, especially politicians, too often cheapen her father's legacy into a comfortable and convenient King offering easy platitudes. We love to quote King in and around the holiday, but then we refuse to live King 365 days a year, she declared, at the commemorative service at Ebenezer Baptist Church, where her father once preached. Indeed, Texas Governor Greg Abbott only last year signed a bill eliminating the requirement for Texas schools to teach about King's I Have a Dream speech. Governor Ron DeSantis is trying to ban the teaching of race and racism in Florida schools. The service, organized by the Center and held at Ebenezer annually, headlined observances of the 38th Federal King holiday. King gunned down in Memphis in 1968 as he advocated for better pay and working conditions for the city's sanitation workers would have celebrated his 94th birthday on Sunday. Her voice rising and falling in cadences similar to her father's, Bernice King bemoaned institutional and individual racism, economic and healthcare inequities, police violence, a militarized international order, hardline immigration structures, and the climate crisis. She said she's exhausted, exasperated, and frankly disappointed to hear her father's words about justice quoted so extensively alongside so little progress addressing society's gravest problems. Search teams retrieved the flight data and cockpit voice recorders on Monday of a passenger plane that plummeted into a gorge on approach to a new airport in the foothills of the Himalayas, officials said, as investigators looked for the cause of Nepal's deadliest plane crash in 30 years. At least 69 of the 72 people aboard were killed, and officials believe the three missing are also dead. Rescuers combed through the debris for them, scattered down a 984-foot-deep gorge. Many of the passengers on Sunday's flight were returning home to Pokhara, though the city is also popular with tourists since it's the gateway to the Annapurna Circuit Hiking Trail. On Monday evening, relatives and friends were still gathered outside a local hospital, some shouting at officials to speed up the post-mortems so they could hold funerals for their loved ones. Later, some did receive the bodies of relatives. It's still not clear what caused the crash, which took place less than a minute's flight from the airport on a mild day with little wind. Nepal's Civil Aviation Authority said the aircraft made contact with the airport, which began operations only two weeks ago from near Seti Gorge. A witness who recorded footage of the plane's descent said it looks like a normal landing, 
until the plane suddenly veered to the left. The twin-engine ATR-72 aircraft, operated by Nepal's Yeti Airlines, was completing the 27-minute flight from the capital Kathmandu to Pokhara, 125 miles west. It was carrying 68 passengers, including 15 foreign nationals as well as four crew members, Nepal's Civil Aviation Authority said in a statement. The passengers included five Indians, four Russians, two South Koreans, and one each from Ireland, Australia, Argentina, and France. U.S. climate envoy John Kerry backs the United Arab Emirates' decision to appoint the CEO of a state-run oil company to preside over the upcoming UN climate negotiations in Dubai, citing his work on renewable energy projects. In an interview on Sunday, the former U.S. Secretary of State acknowledged that the Emirates and other countries relying on fossil fuels to fund their state coffers face finding some balance ahead. However, he dismissed the idea that Sultan Al-Jabur's appointment should be automatically disqualified due to him leading the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company. Activists, however, equated it to asking arms dealers to lead peace talks when authorities announced his nomination on Thursday. I think that Dr. Saltan al-Jabba is a terrific choice because he's the head of the company. That company knows it needs to transition, Kerry said, after attending an energy conference in the Emirati capital. Still, Abu Dhabi plans to increase its production of crude oil from 4 million barrels a day up to 5 million, even while the UAE promises to be carbon neutral by 2050, a target that remains difficult to assess and one that the Emirates still hasn't fully explained how it will reach. Skepticism remains among activists over Al-Jabur, however, a call by countries including India and the United States for a phase-down of oil and natural gas never reached a public discussion during COP27 in the Egyptian resort of Sharm el-Sheikh in November. Activists worry that COP being held in a Middle East nation, reliant on fossil fuel sales for a second year in a row, could see something similar happen in the Emirates. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app, ask your smart speaker, or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate, and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health, and climate, delivering independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. This is Peter. And this is Tom. We want to tell you guys a little bit about our podcast. Tom and I met in college, became best friends, and then teachers almost 20 years ago. Sometimes school just does not allow us to elaborate on the topics that we find interesting, like the real shark attacks that inspired the movie Jaws, or the real historical context to Indiana Jones artifacts. Where does cereal come from? Or are zombies real? Does Ben Franklin really deserve to be on a $100 bill? On our podcast, just like in our class, there are no stupid questions. Just two friends having a lighthearted conversation about history, pop culture, and the context of current events. Listen to History Teachers Talking Podcast from Evergreen Network, anywhere you get your podcasts.